What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Now let's kick this thing off. Andy Spellman is the founder and managing partner at Fifth Down Capital. Gerard Mayo is a well-known NFL player who spent years with the New England Patriots and now is one of the top coaches within the organization. In this conversation, we talk about everything from technology investing to professional athletes, financial management, also sports trading cards, and much, much more. I really enjoyed this conversation with Andy and Gerard, and I hope that you enjoy it as well. Before we get into this episode, though, I want to quickly talk about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by BlockFi. BlockFi provides financial products for crypto investors. Those products include the BlockFi wallet, a U.S. dollar loan collateralized by your crypto, and a no-fee trading product. BlockFi also released the world's first crypto rewards credit card. It's a Visa credit card that gives you crypto back as your rewards instead of cash back or airline miles. They recently introduced Rewards Flex, so customers choose which crypto assets they receive from their credit card rewards from the BlockFi Rewards credit card. For people in the U.S. who own or are interested in owning crypto or stacking more sats, the BlockFi Rewards credit card provides the easiest way to earn more crypto because you earn 1.5% back in crypto on every single purchase and you have no annual fee. I'm an investor in the business and a very, very happy user. The BlockFi Rewards credit card is the easiest way to earn crypto. For a limited time, when you sign up using my link, blockfi.com slash pompcc, you will get $75 back in crypto on your first swipe. Use your everyday spending to diversify your crypto portfolio. I've got the credit card. I love it. And I think you will too. Head on over to blockfi.com slash pompcc today. Next up is Choice. It's time to stop paying capital gains taxes on your Bitcoin. And Choice is here to help. Choice is rebuilding the way Bitcoiners approach retirement by making it possible to invest in Bitcoin and 19 other digital assets inside your IRA. Right now, every time you make a trade, you have to pay capital gains taxes that can be as high as 37%. Choice enables you to trade real Bitcoin, other cryptos, and stocks without having to pay a dime in capital gains. The best part? They just released an iOS app, so you can open an account in less than 10 minutes and take control of your future from the palm of your hand. Join me and the 20,000 other Bitcoiners who have started their tax-efficient stack and open your Choice account today. Search Stack Sats in the App Store or visit choiceapp.io slash pomp. Again, search Stack Sats in the App Store or visit choiceapp.io slash pomp. And one more thing, if you want to hold your private keys, Choice lets you do that too. Start stacking tax-efficient Satoshis today and visit choiceapp.io slash pomp. This episode is brought to you by CryptoToday.com. Exchanges got decentralized, money got decentralized, and the only bottleneck is the very sites listing them all. CryptoToday.com is like decentralized coin market cap. It's the first of its kind. There's no bribes, no connections, or heavy fees are needed to get listed like on the centralized sites. You can simply request on the blockchain and disperse the prize on-chain to the community and get fact-checked by thousands of eager crypto users. CryptoToday.com treats very differently. There's no pre-sale, no VC money, and all of the team is locked up for at least one year. All the centralized competitors have valuations in the billions of dollars. CryptoToday.com started out at $0 as the first decentralized token information site. You can read the white paper at CryptoToday.com. Again, go to CryptoToday.com to learn more. All right, let's get in this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. 
Anthony Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of him and the guests on his podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. What's going on, guys? Bang, bang. I'm here with Andy and Gerard. Let's introduce ourselves. Andy Spellman, Fifth Down Capital. Gerard Mayo, uh, linebacker coach for the New England Patriots. When are the Patriots going to win another Super Bowl? We'll be back. We'll be back soon. We were, I mean, look, we have a pretty solid team. We have a good team. You know, we've got a bunch of new free agents. Um, year one to year two will be good for them. So. All right. And we've got a solid quarterback, too. Don't forget. Everyone's True. on the Rams. Like, everyone's on the Rams. Like, eventually, the Rams are going to have to pay the bills, man. I didn't want to talk about football, but I do have one question. Yeah, ask we're talking it. And ask it. Being recorded. Uh, when Tom Brady retired, people were happy, not happy. No, nah, people were happy because he wasn't playing in New England. Yeah. Yeah, but Tom. I, I appreciated the New York Giants when they tweeted out and just threw in the jab there. Yeah, there's so always going to be jab. Yeah, the little jab, like 0 2 against me in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I thought like that was pretty good. When you win a lot, as you know, like you're always going to have haters. How many Super Bowl rings do you have? I only have one. I was the bridge between the next generation of three. That's what you would say if no, seriously, six or seven. No, because my brother and I watched six. Yeah, my brother ended up getting a ring. I got him a job, but I went and worked in corporate. Uh, Yeah, so now he's the assistant strength and conditioning coach. That makes sense. Yeah, keep it in the family. All right, you own a bunch of sports cards. I do. What? Why? What? Like, and here's my question for you: Is NFTs, everyone's always like, I could just right click and save it. This is like crazy. There's images on the internet. Uh, but a sports card is like a piece of cardboard. Like, why do they have value? What, what's the thought process? Well, we can go on a lot of things that um, have less tangibility that don't have, that have a lot of value that I don't think highly of. But um, sports cards represent a culmination of like art. So for me, cards are like art. When I look at them, I get inspired, I get excited. Um, they come with a lot of passion and there's a lot of connectivity with for me my children um there's a there's a community around that so you have the community uh side of it and in the last 20 years just the innovation that's come with creating the rare cards um the piece of jerseys autographs i i just look at cards and i get very excited some people look at a rothko or monet and feel like 100 million dollars is you know worthy and i look at a card and i'm like I just want that card and I don't care what it is. What's the craziest one that you own? So the craziest one I own, um, probably the most the most valuable and the craziest is a different answer because some of us do both. Some, <laughs> some of the LeBron rookie cards are, um, you know, they're, they're known as the most valuable. The craziest one I believe that I own is, um, it's a dual logo man of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Kobe Bryant. It's a one of one. Both of them autographed it. I believe it is the best Lakers card in existence. Um, and uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Kobe Bryant both on the same card, and they both signed it. And it's a logo, man. It's a one of one. So oh. it's um, it's a very unique card. And because of being sitting here in LA, also, yeah, it's there's so many people that are so passionate around the world about the Lakers, and to think that like, if it's not the best card, how much it, is it worth? Do you think? Over um, under $5 million. I wouldn't sell it for $5 million. That's, so. that, that's actually a pretty good indication. Yeah, I wouldn't consider it. All right. And then how much are the LeBrons considered to be worth? 
So, um, you know, they're transacting north of that. There was there was one that that I that I did own, and I moved to a friend, and he crossed it over. There's different grading companies, mm-hmm. and he crossed it over to uh, a PSA 1010. Um, I think that's around fifteen million dollar card Holy now. Shit. Um, and those are like the most expensive trading cards available, or the basketball like kind of one of one super rare type cards, and they're ten plus million dollars for those cards. Yeah, I mean there there's some um, old vintage cards where they're they were mass produced, and the rarity is really the grade. Mm-hmm. So a PSA ten is the most iconic grade. For example, Mickey Mantle has a few PSA ten rookies. One hasn't traded in a long time. People speculate it would be thirty million or so dollars mm-hmm. now for work. How and this for both of you, like sports memorabilia in general, right? So like cards are their cards. I think that's become much more popular uh, recently from like a financialization standpoint. But uh, I think my dad, growing up, he had a baseball, and I'm pretty sure it's a legit signature uh, of a Mickey Mantle baseball card. You just made me think about that, or a Mickey Mantle baseball, and like. For some reason, it feels like a lot of the memorabilia hasn't necessarily continued on like the financialization track as much as the cards. So, like, one is that true, or how do you guys think about like assigned football, assigned b- baseball, assigned basketball versus just the trading cards themselves? I think your dad should send it to me, and I'll. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a reason why for the last ten years I've been asking Barack for different autographs of different guys. Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe you speak. I, I'm not big into the memorabilia thing. Yeah. I would say the one thing I I, I enjoy about the card um, industry is just opening a pack of cards with my son. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. How you old, know, how my son's you? ten years old, oh, and he loves doing. It, loves yeah. pulling out the cards, and that brings me back to my childhood. Yep. You know, and I didn't only collect you know baseball, basketball cards, also Pokemon cards. Yep. yep you yep. pull that holographic, you know, Charizard yep. out, and you're like, you're kind of pumped. And my kid, my kids, they get excited. My son, especially, he gets excited when he pulls out, you know, a LeBron James or yep. you know, a Red Prism, whatever it is. You know, the, they have a bunch of different products, but uh, just that excitement in his face. Yeah. Is it, it almost feels like. Uh, in some way, uh, we can do all these stuff on the digital technologies, right? You can have TikTok, you can have Twitter, you can have all these things, and there's dopamine hits that come with it. That's right. But there's still something really special about uh, the physical world, right? And I I think a lot about, uh, everyone's all excited about the metaverse now. Yeah. Metaverse, this metaverse. It's like, yeah, sure, like that's probably gonna become a thing to some degree. but I don't think that people are going to be like, I don't want to go to a physical dinner with the person down the street and sell his meat in the metaverse. Like, right. I still think there's something special about being in person or pulling a physical card, like all of that uh, as well. You know, years ago, they, uh, there was a lot of discussion as e-commerce and uh, it was, was booming, like what would happen to stores and, mm-hmm. and retail. And the reality is there is some impact, but the values of retail chains across the country, whether it's Costco, Target, you know, these types of companies are continue to rise. And so to me, they kind of feed each other companies that, you know, there's going to be companies that stand alone in retail and e-commerce. And for me, um, I, I believe that there's a marketplace for both. And there's going to be a lot of people that develop passion around NFTs. Mm-hmm. We're involved. All three of us are involved in a company called Collectible, which fractionalizes mm-hmm. sports cards. And I was like, I'm never going to be interested in that. If I don't have the card, I won't do it. I love it. I'm a junkie. I'm on there every day. Yeah. It, it feels like um, 
Uh, we're seeing this in a lot of these assets as well. So uh, NFTs recently, uh, they're now allowing you to securitize them or uh, yep. borrow against them. And there's questions because a sports card, I think, it's probably got less volatility. It's not like you're going to wake up one day and that LeBron James card was worth you know ten million dollars. Now it's worth zero, or it's worth you know hundred k. Uh, some of the NFTs though, it's early, and so something that was hot and that there's a lot of interest around. Maybe there won't be as much interest in it, you know, five days from now, a, a month, two months from now. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they manage the risk, right? And uh, um, there's a lot of, uh, I think, comparisons to Bitcoin and, and lending against Bitcoin. Super volatile, but you have an asset that you can sell in a fractionalized way. That's right. So I, I can sell, you know, a tenth of a Bitcoin, a, a fifth of a Bitcoin, whatever. With the NFTs, to your point, you can't sell a piece of it, right? But can of, you make a non-fungible token fungible? Does that so make you, sense? You, you can't make it fungible. What I think a lot of people want to do is um, th- think of almost like a SPV, right? Like a, a special purpose vehicle where uh, let's say I had some shares in a company and I put it into an LLC. Now that SPV, I could sell fractional shares in. Gotcha. And technically, I'm not breaking up the equity of the original business. I'm just breaking up the entity that holds the shares. Got it. So like, could you basically take a non-fungible token, put it into a structure that then has you know, kind of fractionalized ownership gotcha. or, or fungible tokens, probably. Yeah. Uh, but then you get in a weird world of like, you know, are you just building uh, assets on top of assets on top of assets? Like there's some value to that. Obviously you see that in the traditional financial world, but it's also where a lot of the complexity and issues come from. That's right. Well, let me, I'll, I'll distill it down to a simple word called scarcity. And you'd appreciate this from the Bitcoin world is there. There's a lot of volatility in Bitcoin, yet the value continues to rise. You wouldn't sell yours at sixty-five thousand. You're also not selling it at thirty or forty thousand. But there's more people available to sell, so you see it jump around a lot. So where I play is in the most scarce market. So one of one cards out of ten, because those people are not selling it, yep. and it takes someone to buy it from you. Yep. Yeah. It, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, let, let, let's finish up with uh, Bitcoin. What, what's your uh, what's your thoughts on Bitcoin? I love I love Bitcoin. I love uh, I look at Bitcoin as digital gold. I look at Ethereum as digital gas. You know, so <laughs> I, I definitely think there's a place for you know decentralized assets like mm-hmm. that. So, well, uh, do you own any regular gold? Uh, through an ETF, through, but, yeah. which is stupid though. Yeah. I'll tell you straight up, like. You know, as an athlete, we all get financial advisors and yep. sometimes they put you in some crazy things. And then the more you get educated or hang around guys like this, yeah, the yeah. smarter you, you know, the more, you know, the more you well, learn about it. They try not to get fired. That's right. right. That's yeah. right. And so they end up becoming glorified yes men yeah. or they'll put you into what they call, you know, you know inflation protect. Yeah. Safe things like a like a gold ETF. I don't own gold bars, but yeah. this guy owns gold bars. You got gold bars? Car- no. Cards. Uh, uh, <laughs> what do you think about Bitcoin? I think as long as you're transacting on River of BlockFi, it's good. That's right. That's right. Um, that's right. That's just my opinion. I mean, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> no so. doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for doing this. Uh, I appreciate you having me. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed this one. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. And if you're looking to try to transition to get a new job in the Bitcoin or crypto industry, we've got you covered. Head over to pompscryptocourse.com. We've developed a curriculum with the top teams across the industry. It's a three-week intensive training program with over 50 events packed into that three-week time period. Go to pompscryptocourse.com to learn more, and I'll meet you guys for the next episode.